Welcome to episode 19 of Wings, Beers, and Tears. We are here back again for another week of DMV Sports Talk and beyond. So, gentlemen, how are we this evening? Let's go around the table and see and, and check in to see how everybody is. Jeremy. I'm so happy to be here and not somewhere else. Ah, hey, you know what? Work is behind <laughs> us. A distant memory until about another 12 hours. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, how are you? I am fine, Jeremy. In my fantasy foot, in our fantasy football league, I kicked the guy's ass who kicked your ass, so I defended your honor. I think I have as many points <laughs> in two games as that guy had in one game. <laughs> have you given up as many as the Redskins? Is the is the real question? Well, and we'll get to that later. Don't you worry. In our fantasy league, that guy had like three hundred points <laughs> in one game. It was amazing, bastard. Oh, uh, and I am Todd, and and, and and we are we are back for another week of DMV Sports Talk, and uh, you can find us wherever you download your favorite podcast. We are Wings Beers and Tears. Check us out if you will. All right. So last week we lamented our uh, how how smart we were about predicting what the Redskins were going to look like. Uh, we also talked about how great the Ravens look, and we are going to finish our podcast today in part two with our NFL talk. Uh, but we're going to start off with a sport that is near and dear to us and hopefully many of our followers. And last night we had real honest-to-God hockey in the D.C. area. and our C-A-P-S, caps, caps, caps. And our caps were back on the ice. Granted, there was only about four or five actual NHLers on the ice last night between the two teams combined. However, it was still professional hockey, and it was still entertaining as hell. And it was good to see the boys in red back out there flying around a little bit. And the game ended with a little Tom Wilson overtime end-to-end winner, which was fan-freaking-tastic. Anybody who hasn't seen that needs to go find it. Oh, that was awesome. Hell of a goal. That was awesome. But no, it's it's good to see the boys back on the ice. In these first few preseason games, they will pepper in um, a variety of lineups which feature your regular, you know, everyday NHLers, along with some guys from Hershey, some guys that are probably destined for South Carolina, and then a bunch of junior players. So when it's all said and done, fun to watch. Good to see them out there. and let's just dive right into the uh, the big elephant in the room with the Caps right now. And Mr. Kuznetsov, three-game suspension. What do we think? Does that affect us long-term? Does that affect him short-term? Um, I don't know which order to do this in, but... Hey, just fire off the hip, man. Gary Bettman, fuck you. Sweet. NHL, yes. fuck you. Yes, keep going, Jay. Keep going. Throw Furlat in there um, while you're at it. Come on, keep going. Furlat isn't even this stupid. <laughs> well, you, NHL and Gary Bettman, you employ his dumbass, so it's all, it all makes sense. Now, I mean, you know, we talked about this. It's not like we're trying to, you know, sweep the lines under the rug or anything like that. Ah. But, uh-huh. <laughs> Boom! Yeah, yeah, wasn't that good? That oh, was great. Um, but uh, it, if the team had done it, cool. You know, the, he, he lied to him. He don't you know it's one it's sad to say but don't get caught and he did so you know I don't mind the suspension but the NHL can't suspend for this so they basically said we're doing it because we feel like it so that's why I say fuck you yeah well said Jerry I think the Capitals should suspend him for five games increase it get on the good side of the NHL because you know Tom Wilson's going to do something during the year that it won't help 
It won't help. I think they should spend him for five games. Sends a message that they're taking it seriously. And, uh, you should be in the NHL front office. No, I mean, you know, the NHL probably didn't have legs to stand on to do it under the collective bargain agreement, but it's not enough to challenge, but it's enough to do something. So it's three games. Right. It's it's almost like doing nothing. Um, They're good at that. If I were, if I were the Caps, I'd suspend him five games. It would, I would send a message to the league that, that, that you're taking it seriously, and, and I think that would – Earn some or, goodwill. Or, no, you can't suspend him for three games. We're going to suspend him for three games. Yeah, kind of like, <laughs> you can't fire me. I already quit. <laughs> Fuck you. you no, know? but suspend him for five games. You know? Suspend right, him. right. I hear you. In the grand scheme of things, five games is nothing. It's a great PR move. That's what I would do if I was a cap. I yeah. truly don't disagree. But. It, it, it is it is the quintessential slap on the wrist. It, it Like you said, in the big scheme of things, three out of 82 is really nothing, especially to start the season. Um, and yes, on the legal side of things, they didn't technically have any grounds to suspend him under the CBA, but we kind of hinted at this a couple weeks ago, PR wise, he probably did need to sit a handful of games. Would I have rather Batman said, I met with him. He's contrite. He's seeking counseling. He's doing all the right things. Team, I leave it up to you and your best interest with you and your fans. And if the team said, hey, you know what, Kuzi, sit the first week. We got you, bro. We're going to spin this the right way. I would have felt better about it. Absolutely. In the end, though, it's three games. Nobody's going to fucking remember any of this shit. I don't really care. Move along. I just hope he's. I just hope he is the Kuzi of old or even more motivated down the road. They'll remember this if he has a problem. If I mean, this if is he a, has a yeah, problem, right? We're not talking three games. We're talking rehab, right? You know, like thirty to sixty to ninety days. Sure. I mean, so he's got to be clean, right? You know, I mean, I if he's not clean, he'll never survive. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of drug problems in the NHL, and maybe it's his culture. What I don't know, and what I hope his friends are sort of trying to figure out, and the Capitals, is whether or not. He was using it recreationally, or whether or not this is an actual problem right. that he cannot control. And if that's the case, free games is not going to do anything because he's going to violate again. Sure, sure. And I think uh, I think one of the one of the thing things that gets lost in this a little bit is this happened some time back, and he was here during the summer when he didn't have to be, knowing this was going to come to the forefront. Right. So he was already making amends. And to Jerry's point, I hope that that included not only the PR side of things, but also possibly getting some help going to count whatever he was required to do by the team. I hope he did it. And I hope it actually made a difference. And Jerry said it great. I really hope this isn't a, a pattern of behavior that is going to lead him to something bigger and worse down the road. Yeah. And I don't know the details of what, you know, the program he, he is in. Cause you know, you hear about these programs, you know, NFL has one, NHL has one. And obviously, you know, we know the reason he, he was suspended is because the, the league has their, you know, conduct policy and, you know, <laughs> he violated that. So, again, it's like it's not like we're sitting here being blown that idea off. But, um, you know, I, I'm assuming or I guess hoping, I know that's a, a bad word a lot of times, but that, you know, part of the program is you're getting tested at least a couple times a week. The, and, you know, and, and I completely agree with that. I, you know, if you're doing coke you, and you're only getting tested once a week, you can probably do it three or four days and then just not for a couple of days and you're going to be okay. Right. So, you know, you don't want him to have that opportunity. And so, you know, whatever it is, I hope that, you know, you know, the league talks about being progressive. The reason they don't suspend for these things is because they want to help. So I hope they actually are, and it's not just, you know, a smokescreen. That's well said. Well, Kuzi, um, Ovi had a quote uh, when asked about the suspension, and the, I'm paraphrasing, but it was, um, as a captain of the Capitals, 
what do you say to Koozie? And he says, as the, as, as the captain, I say nothing. As his friend, I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, that concerns me a little bit because no one's blown it off. Um, the Caps, they, now they can't. The players have to express concern and all of that. Sure. But the flip side is, is what happens if they're really concerned? What happens if they say, we've seen this for years, it's out of control now, mm-hmm. and um, if that is the case, and I don't know if it is, but if it is, the Caps do need to suspend him longer and get him right. Hmm. And yeah. because if he's just gonna, if Jeremy said that if they're gonna give some, you know, bullshit testing that he can beat, and there's gonna okay every Sunday you're getting tested at six o'clock, and it's not random and it's not every day, then you know. Because I think there's a direct correlation, no one can convince me otherwise, of his drop-off in play and his drug use. Hmm. I just think there is. I, I He was so uneven last year. I mean, he went through, what, 25 games with one goal? Yeah. And at, at some point, he was, you know, 43rd or something like that. I mean, there's not 43 players in the NHL better than him offensively. Right. Right. So something was going on. Well, I guess time will tell, right? We all have, uh, you know, theories here and, and you know, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. But the play on the ice will dictate exactly how big a problem this either is or Absolutely. is not. So with that being said, you know, Godspeed, sit out your three games, take it like a man, and God damn it, hit the ice, ass on fire, and let's go. Come you back know? and score. I, I, I want to see that motherfucker just skating up and down and, and doing what he does and engaged in the play. And for me, you can tell when he's really engaged in what they're doing when he plays the center position correctly and he gets back and he's high in the slot and he's getting back and he uses his creativity when they have the puck and when he doesn't, he's so skilled without it and he skates so well. He's he's an incredible defensive centerman when he commits to it. Absolutely, and you know, it's like you said, skating ability is all there is to it because he's an offensive guy. Probably couldn't care less about the defensive end, really. But he'll go get the puck back so he can go do more. Bingo! Offense. Yeah, his um, his enticement yeah. to go get the puck is the fact that he can play with it again. Yeah. You know? and just so cozy, just you know, more smelling salts, less lines, and everybody will be good. It's almost like every post game, Alan May, my my man, always starts off with. How did Kuznetsov skate? Is he moving his is he moving his feet? Because the better he plays, the better they play. Yep. He's all like according to Alame, I, I I agree. He's the most important player. Because when he's making plays, you know, Ovi can't really go one on one anymore. I I I I know it's sort of crazy to say. No. But I, his I mean his his legs have slowed down. He looks like a you know a like a spot up shooter. Mm-hmm. Right, a little bit in yeah. basketball when it, when you you know he's dead eye, but he's not creating on his own as much anymore. You need someone to do that, and it seems to be Kuznetsov that the Caps really need to take that take over that creative role. And even so. even if he was you know a one on one guy is only good one out of ten times. Right, because he's a possession guy. You know, past years he'd he'd have the puck the entire shift pretty much. Yeah, he, he gets possession the puck from by one himself. Right. You know. Well, again, I mean, the, see the, back, back again. The, the current iteration of the NHL is speed rules, and you're built down the middle, then in the back, then on the wings. So no offense to, to Ovi, but the role he plays in the professional game here in North America, which is the pinnacle of the sport, his is the least impactful for a single player to take over. Doesn't mean he can't score the game-winning goal from the circle because he still has one of the best shots in the world, what it means is throughout the course of 60 minutes, your centerman down the middle, 
are dictating the pace and distributing the puck. Your defensemen are breaking the puck out. They're jumping into the play. And then your wingers are filling in and, and adding to that pace and that physicality and that skill. Um, and the Caps are built correctly. They just have to play correctly. I want to see them play faster. I want to see them, I can't believe I'm saying this, even more physical. Physical from the standpoint of being relentless to get the puck back. I thought last year they just waited to get the puck back too often and, and were eventually breaking out towards the end of the shift, and then they weren't as impactful. I want to see those guys getting their asses back, skating hard, and, and just being more relentless on the puck because they, they, they got some serious size and skill and speed on that team still. Yeah, and you know, you even started to see a little bit last night. I know it's preseason, but you know, it was it was fun to watch guys fly around. Wilson looks absolutely incredible out there, and I, I think to Todd's Beast. point, yeah, there, <laughs> exactly, there you go. Uh, Jerry is enjoying himself over there. Um, he should uh, fill in the blank. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry's gesture here, <laughs> but there there is a difference between you know chasing the puck and and forechecking strong. And I think you know to Todd's point again, they 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 got into that trap a little bit last season. And, you know, that's exactly what Reardon's talking about. I think he's more comfortable. He's, you know, his, you know, has a full year under his belt. He, he doesn't care. He'll push. He'll push. And, uh, you know, Kuzi being out, getting back to him. The third line center is open for the first, you know, handful of games or three games. Uh, unless you have, you know, his finger's missing. That's more, you know, less than a handful, whatever. Anyway, so. What? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what just happened there. Um, <laughs> this is the most Jeremy's ever talking. This is fantastic. He just derailed himself in deep thought. That was awesome. Yeah, I, I, I apologize to the four people listening. Um, but, you know, uh, it could be, you know, Boyd could get that spot. Our kid McMichael at first round pick, you know, he uh, he's shown a little bit. And, you know, I could see him being here the first nine games before he goes back to junior and. He, he might see some time, so, yeah. you know. You had me until you said Travis Boyd's name, and then I went limp again. Dude, Boyd can fucking no, play, No, I don't want to hear about Boyd and Chandler Stevenson. Okay, I didn't say Chandler Stevenson. I said Boyd. They play different they positions. Different to people. me, <laughs> they're the same guy. <laughs> of course they are. They're the, they're, they're the fat chick at the party that you don't want to talk to. <laughs> I don't That's mean, like saying Landon Collins and Josh Norman are the same guy. They're not. Yeah, they... Oh, they are on Sundays. They both, they they both, both suck. They both get they get burned. Yeah, they don't do anything. It's like, it's like saying Malibu and Major are the same dog. <laughs> They're both my pets. Uh, no, no, but seriously, they have they have a a ton of youth, and and that is good. But hockey, it's not as far gone as baseball, but it takes a while for these guys to see it. Unless you're Ovi and Crosby, and you could be impactful at eighteen or nineteen, those guys are are, are a dime a dozen. You know. Um, and that's the, but that's the common thought. That's the common thought on the social media boards that uh, Travis Boyd's going to step in for the first three games and get a, get a shot. Yeah, he should. Yeah, he should. Again, skating wise, there's no question he can he can make it in the NHL. It's all it's all about consistency. You know, there's a ton of guys with the hands and the skating ability who can make it over the course of the grind. Yeah. That's the difference. Jeremy, this preseason, who are you the most excited to watch? It's it's going to be the the fight for the fourth line spots really more than anything else in the third line you know for a few games like I mentioned um, because you know the top three lines are pretty much set mm-hmm. um, the fourth line aside from from Dowd I think Boyd will make the team sorry Jerry um, but that <laughs> that last spot is you know Leipzig. I don't think Stevenson's going to make it. I don't know if that makes you feel better. Or I don't not. think but, so either. Um, I mean, I think he, you know, they. I think they send him down. Uh, maybe, hopefully, you know, for his sake, he gets picked up on their team on waivers and he can go play out in Edmonton or something like that. Um, 
But I think the, the fight for that fourth line spot, that was where McClellan was the most upset, was that fourth line was just kind of there. They played eight minutes. They didn't really get scored on, but they didn't control the puck. They didn't really score many goals. And I think he wants more of that fourth line. So I'm interested to see who gets those spots. Who's the other guy they got? Um, the guy we were making fun or, of? Hathaway? Or, or, or yeah. 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 So Actually, he, he may be kind of the, the shoe-in for that, that last spot. I, 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 I think it's pretty he, much yeah. his. Right, yeah. because what I, I liked about him, Nicole. knowing nothing about hockey, is I don't want Tom, well, Tom Wilson to fight anymore. I, I mean, I, I think he's going to because that's his nature and he's a badass and he's like the man. But mm-hmm. I don't want him to be the only guy that yeah. can do it. I exactly. want Gudis to take yeah. in, and I want that guy to take some fights. Sure, and I think that helps everybody. That yeah. gets that gets me the most excited. Now they can now they have other guys who can be physical. Mm-hmm. And Tom doesn't have to be the physical guy every freaking time. Yeah, right. You don't want him to have to feel the need to. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah. it's going to happen because that's in his nature. Sure, if somebody will come sure. after him. He's not going to. He's not going to duck it most times. So. No, no, I don't think he's going to back down from anybody. But to Jerry's point, let's hope he doesn't have to. Right. You know, that's what uh, I'm saying. He yeah. doesn't have to defend somebody else because nobody can step up and do right. it. Right. That's where you know they, they're they're chirping a little bit. There's a well, big hit, when, and then Hathaway comes out on the next line. He's like, "Hey, you still talking?" Right. Like, when Marshan <laughs> takes a shot at Eller, it doesn't have to be wait till Wilson gets back. There's a dude right there that can step up and do it. Yep. That yeah, but they, they, they still need to go down about three weight classes to get down to Marshawn, but, you know. Oh, fuck, I hate that guy. <laughs> what, what a midget fucker? Is that uh, so there's always optimism. There's always hope before the season starts. Um, and uh, Shit, there are going to be top five all year long, and they're, if, if they're not battling with Boston and Tampa – uh, in the regular season is one of the top teams in the East, I'll be disappointed. Hmm. I, I'm interested to see how it all plays out. Uh, so there, um, the NHL did us no favors. Our October, oh, not. Our October schedule consists of nine road games, including of the 14 opponents, I believe 12 were playoff teams from last year. So, huh. And we start off on the road at St. Louis. Isn't so. that the front of a back-to-back team? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, Sweet. I mean, just you know, taking a dump on us already. So if we can get out of the month of October, sitting right in the middle of the division, right. that'd be perfectly fine. Right. Stay healthy, get Koozie back, start to get some some flow going, and th- and then we'll be okay. But I don't think we're going to see like a a ten two and two start. I don't I don't think that that's going to happen. Agreed. Yeah. So onward and upward. Fucking twelve and zero. Let's that's go. What I see. Let's that's go. Twelve and zero in fourteen games. That'd be incredible. It'd <laughs> be awesome. <laughs> twelve and two. Twelve and zero is not ten two and two. So <laughs> could happen. Uh, so uh, real quick before we uh, uh, transition over to some college football talk, um, the Nats are not uh, not they're sputtering along pretty uh, lifelessly right now, I aren't they? I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, Dude. man. I, they're they are getting trucked. <sighs> man, and they're, they're what killed me. And we had talked about it before is I had always said you get their starting three pitching or starting yep. four pitching matched up against anybody they're going to win. Atlanta comes in and boat races their starters like even the best. I know. Right? And now they can't get wins. I know. I, they are falling. I, I, right now I'm predicting they do not make the playoffs. The schedule plays out favorably for them. Um, they don't have too many tough games left. And they, and they also get Philly, who they can – I don't know if Philly's already eliminated, but they will be if Nats even just take three out of Yeah, they've five had a nice tailspin, them. haven't they? They have. And, um, you know, Cubs play the cards, I want to say. Well, the Nats are playing the cards right yeah, now. Well, no, but I mean like um, seven times. Oh, oh gotcha. So they're going to – So they're going to beat each other. Understood. And, Understood, know, yep. And the Cubs – the thing that's, that's scary, if I'm a Nats fan, is the Brewers, you know, they lose Yelich. Okay, they're done, right? Well – no, they're the team that's only a game and a half back now. The Nats, even for the second spot. Yeah, I know. So that's that's a little bit worrisome. But you know, you got 
playing Florida slash Miami, wherever they're called. And I don't think they even care. Um, they're playing them this weekend. They're like the know. Cleveland Indians for major yeah, league. Exactly. Like, do they even have any major leaguers left on the roster? <laughs> those, those Asian guys, like, these guys, we oh we suck. Or whatever. That's they're shitty. Yeah, they're shitty. So that's shitty. Right. The Cleveland Indians are shitty. Uh, oh well. Um, now, so come on, Nats. Let's get your shit together here. Uh, like Jeremy said, it's I, I football season, hockey season. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, really, really. If they were, uh, if they were, if they were still, you know, trending in that upward direction, I'd be way more excited. But it's, uh, it's definitely worrisome right now. I am hoping that the schedule helps them right the ship a little bit. I still think they get into that wild card game. Hey, that's it. Win that wild card game, and I still think they are dangerous as hell for whoever they have to f- play in that first round. It's the team you don't want to play. And I, I tell you Absolutely. what's frustrating, though, is you know Todd and I talk about this a lot because we're O's fans, so we sort of watch the Nats from the outside. And it's always been the bats of the problem, you know, not the pitching. The pitching, you know, I know the bullpen's an issue, but the starters, usually it's the bats. And this season, that hadn't been the case, really. A couple of lulls here and there early on when all the guys were hurt. How, is the, how are the bats still the problem? You look at that lineup. It's like the only guy out right now is Suzuki, isn't it? I mean, Kendrick's yeah, in there. I know. Rendon's having a career year, and so good for him. I mean, I, I, Zimmerman's yeah. back. And Zimmerman's <laughs> He's upright. That probably <laughs> helping. But no, I, I just, for once, I thought that the, the old, uh, well, they don't have the bats, was gone. And it seems like it's creeping back up again. I don't really get it. Me neither. Well, uh, so, hey, know, cheers. Let's go, Nats. Let's yeah. have a nice little push, and hopefully also, next hopefully, week we've you know, Davey, changed our tune. Hope, Davey, hope you're feeling all right. Yeah, cheers to Davey. Hospital, so. I'm going to cheers him and have a, uh, a little sip in Davey's honor. And that with that, so before we get to our NFL talk in part two, we are going to uh, recap the weekend that was in college football. And college football may as well be a yo-yo, um, and Maryland went from – how good are they going to be to two really impressive wins, shooting up to number 21, to a big fat stinker this past weekend. And I've tried to explain this to some people that I'm not defending the loss at all because it's awful. stunk. <clears throat> However, between numbers, if you look at basically between numbers 16 and 40 in the country, the first four weeks, they all just kind of flip-flop and move around. And, and it's kind of worthless to even rank them per se because the schedule is bizarre early in the season. Teams are still figuring out which guys are going to be impactful and not. So basically, October really tells you a true top 25, in my opinion. So the fact that this, the, the Terps were ranked and lost at Temple, the fact that they were ranked has nothing to do with that loss. They were the better team. They went on the road. They laid an egg, bottom line. So at the end of that game, was I pissed? Yes. Did they deserve to lose? Absolutely. They did it to themselves. Right. So and that's, that's discuss. Why, as disappointed as I am, they deserve to lose. I, they still almost won. They, except for about five plays of that game, they were the better team. Oh, by period. far. And so you know that's encouraging. What's mo- most discouraging to me is I really feel like the staff Loxley has built is pretty solid in terms of you know veteran guys, a lot of head coaches in there, and I don't think they changed a damn thing the entire game. You know, we always criticize the skins, which we'll get to plenty later, for not adjusting, but. I didn't see, I mean, not that I would know, but I didn't see any adjustments. I saw them keep, now, part of that was because they were only, only down five at half, seven, two. What a great score, by the way. <laughs> um, and they just didn't adjust. Like, oh, we'll get it. And the thing is, they, they basically did. They just couldn't finish. Right. I mean, two goal line stands. It's, it's, it's unreal. Well, you don't need to adjust if you're not blocking it correctly because that means you haven't even run it right. So maybe they thought if they didn't adjust, and I didn't watch it that closely, but if they didn't adjust, they may have thought, I don't need to adjust because it'll work 
if we block it right. Yeah, well, here's also where you're right. I know I'm interrupting. You can keep piling on in a second here. They had they had the plays. Jackson had, you know, just missed the guy who was wide open. He hit the same play with Mabry, and I think it was Chig. I'm not sure. Correct. They missed in the same place. Like, almost like a Tebow jump pass. And they probably win the game if he makes that play. For how bad they were, for how bad the O-line play was, for how bad the play calling was, for the lack of adjustments, they still could have made the plays, and they didn't. And mm-hmm. it was like, you know, so, sorry, Jerry, go ahead. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, here's, here's what I think. When Maryland is ranked, they've lost the last five games. Yep. So as a program – they are not ready to handle success. Mm-hmm. Um, and it probably got to them. I think there was probably some overconfidence. I think it was probably like we've scored 60 points in two straight games. Our shit don't stink, and we can't be stopped, and we're going to go up there and run. Well, right. Certainly prove run, our shit stinks. <laughs> run, <laughs> yeah. run all over them. And I, I think, so I think they had a lack of respect for their opponent, which we're going to talk to talk about later uh, when we get about the Ravens. But um, there's a psyche like that. In, in, at least in football, that if you start thinking you have arrived and you lose focus, you get a team who's pretty hungry and Temple's got some skill and some toughness, right? Uh, you get it. Um, you, you get beat, and that's what happened. But at the end of the day, from what I saw, it was the Josh Jackson show of being terrible. He was not right? good. He didn't. He threw like 39%, completed 39% for like 138 yards, some, some terrible. It was really bad. Terrible stats. Um, he can't get rid of the ball. And so either as good as he and fluid as he looked, and we were, you know, against Syracuse and, and to a lesser extent, you know, Howard, that it's almost impossible not to look good against them. But, you know, he, he was making the correct reads. He was getting the ball out. He was looking really good. Um, and his warts were covered up by the fact that his guys were making plays. Yep. Right? Um, but against Temple, the line could not block. Worst shit. The pass protection was terrible. Bowl of shit blocking, Bowl Jerry. Bowl of shit blocking. I mean, the guards could not pick up linebackers. Nope. And it's not like they were doing some exotic stuff. No. <clears throat> they were just blitzing. They were just throwing numbers at them. Yeah, they and they were getting through. And nobody yeah. was picking it up. I know. And then when they did, Jackson couldn't complete the pass. So he either needs to, and, and he was extremely frustrated, and he was yelling at Loxley, and Loxley was yelling at him. I mean, arguing on mm-hmm. the field. You could right. see, you could. You know, you could actually see the lips move, and I knew what Loxley was saying. Um, but they just couldn't find a rhythm. Right. And, you know, McFarland ran the ball well. Yeah, 100, um, 123 yards yeah. and a touch. I mean, so, I mean, he's, he, he's, so, he's legit. He's, so he's a beast. It, it really just came down. And the defense played okay. They did. I mean, they, you know, they had a, they had a couple gaffes. Uh, but, but overall, they played good enough to win. I couldn't it agree more. It came down to Jackson, the offensive line, and the lack of cohesion with the coaches. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get Jackson to do what they wanted him to do. Right. He couldn't understand mm-hmm. why he couldn't do what they wanted him to do. And he was holding on the ball too long. He was not confident at all. He didn't know where to go with it. He took some shots. Mm-hmm. That's something they need to get cleaned up. Agreed. X's and O's wise, I actually don't fault them in a, in a lot of ways for not changing some things up because the plays were there to be made. They just couldn't make them. Mm-hmm. He had so many open guys throughout the day that if they went in at halftime and went, oh, we have to rewrite the script, they were like, they were probably looking at, at clips going, oh my God, these guys are open all over the field. Fucking complete the pass. And in the second half, he completed a handful more, but not enough more. Yep. Now, I think you bring up a really good point, Jerry, in terms of the psyche, especially in college football, where it's a week to week, a lot like the NFL. It's all about matchups, who's prepped, who's ready. 
Um, do you make a couple early plays and keep yourself in the game? And what does that do for the psyche? This team's going to have to find a way to win some really ugly games. And that was a game that was there for the taking. Normally, I would say, hey, they had to learn how to lose before they can learn how to win the next big game. I hope that's the case, because if not, they just left a win on the board. And for a program that needs even a little modicum of success, that could fuck them in the end. And they're, you know that, that could fuck them in the end for bowl time. That, that, that's exactly what I mean. You know? Like you, you look at it and go, oh, well, the loss will be good for them because they'll rebound. Well, what if they don't? And then that loss means that they don't get bowl eligible. Well, if they don't rebound at all, it really doesn't matter. But right. the, but the Fair. point the point is though that the schedule is really really tough, and this this might have been their best chance to get. I know it's only the win number three, but to to push them to six later in the year. So fuck that! Uh, I'm calling it right now. Maryland beats Penn State on Friday. Yes, well, yes, 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 yes. Was kind of a bowl of shit. Was Penn State? They're not great. I don't think. They're that good. They're uh, not but, great. But for the name Penn fucking State. Right. Now, Maryland <laughs> right? plays like they did last weekend. They're going to get killed probably. But, you know. They're not going to get killed. I have a feeling that game is going to be. All right, real quick. We're, we're going to wrap up our college football talk, take a break, refresh our beverages. But. <laughs> That's very important. Let's uh, let, let, let's make a quick prediction on that Penn State Maryland game, even though it's, you know, this this week Maryland's off. So it's a week away. I, I have this feeling that the beginning of that game is going to be just unwatchable on both sides. Fumbles, I think you're going to see penalties. personal foul after personal foul. <laughs> I think James I think Franklin is going to he's going to throw his baby rattle on the on, on the field. Well, hopefully, and pitch a fit. Crimes. Um, I think Loxley's going to stand there and get all pissed off at his guys for overreacting because those guys are just going to lose their shit. Um, the fans in the stands are just going to be deplorable on both sides. It's just going to be a really shitty, contentious environment. I hope I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. Yeah. Um, and in the end, I do hope that the more talented, more prepared team wins, and I think that Maryland actually can match them talent-wise for the first time in a long time. Agreed. And I just hope they're better prepared, and I hope that cooler heads prevail. I think Maryland is more explosive, and if they can weather the storm in the beginning and keep their emotions in check, I think they can score on Penn State. I don't think Penn State can keep up. Now, Penn State's defense is as good or better than Temple's. Oh, so they're nasty. If Maryland comes out – with that shit show offensive line, and they are they don't know who to block, and Jackson don't know who to throw the ball to, then Penn State's going to win because they have good athletes and they're better. But if Maryland plays like they did in Syracuse, I don't think Penn State can keep up with them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go 28-17 Terps. Nice. I'm going to go 35-21 Terps. Nice. I'm going to go 42-35 Terps. Mm -hmm. That's I actually think way too exciting. I'll have I think attack. Maryland's actually going to get out to like this ruckus start, and Penn State's going to come storming back, and then Maryland's going to going to find a way to pull it out in the end. Ah. And then more people in Pennsylvania will kill themselves after this week they just had. Well, once the opioids, Jesus Christ. once we're, we're, the opioids wear off, it's all we're not homers at all. So with that, uh, <laughs> yeah, no shit. With that nice positive ending to part one, we're going to refresh Sorry, our drinks, and we will see you guys in part two for some NFL talk. See you on the other side. And we are back on Wings, Beers, and Tears. Cheers to part two, where we turn our attention to the NFL. And no league in the world is more week-to-week -week than the NFL. You can be on top of the world, just absolutely rolling everybody, a la the Patriots, which they've done the first two weeks. And they could go and play the Jets in a couple weeks, and it could be a 13-10 nail-biter. It is all about matchups. It's about week-to-week. -week. It's about who's healthy. Um 
And this week was uh, was kind of the, the, the prime example because you come off of week one and nobody's going to win the Super Bowl in week one and you're not going to be the worst team in the NFL in week one unless you're Miami, of course. Um, so the Ravens looked like world beaters in week one down at Miami. And Arizona was coming into town this past weekend. Pretty solid squad. Kyler Murray showed some showed some merit there in week one. They got a you know rookie head coach as well. I was expecting at least a three-score victory from the Ravens. I was thinking somewhere in that 17 to 20-point range. And as I tuned in, I was uh, unpleasantly surprised at how competitive it was. But I'll let you do the recap, Jerry, because you were there. Were you lucid the whole time? I have a funny story. Okay. We we'll get to that in just a second. It. However, good on the Ravens for grinding it out and winning tough games because, God damn it, that's what Harbaugh and that organization does. And cheers to them. That's what's going to get them into the playoffs yet again. I guarantee it. Jerry, to the recap. Go. All right. So I have some good and some bad, some studs and duds. The good is Lamar Jackson. Um, God, is he good. Yep. The He's it's the same old thing we talked about with the Redskins. The Ravens have to decide whether or not he's a quarterback who can run or if he's a runner who can also throw. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to figure out which is which. Um, they really want him to be a quarterback that can run. Mm-hmm. But if it, it against Miami, it didn't matter. He hardly ran. But against Arizona, he was struggling a little bit with his intermediate stuff. Mm-hmm. And at the, when it came crunch time, he had to run. And that was the difference in the game. But – Nonetheless, he's the first player in NFL history to throw for at least 270 and run for 120. Nice. I said it. I said at the beginning of the year he had to have 20 inter- 20 uh, 20 interceptions, 20 <laughs> touchdowns. He could probably do that. Right? He's got seven or eight already, so right. he's obviously going to eclipse that by a mile, which is huge. Um, he had 120 yards rushing on 16 carries, and he finished uh, 24 for 37 with 272 and two touchdowns. Um, and he really was in the second half when st- things started to get tight, uh, the game uh, MVP. His The second guy who's really good is Mark Andrews. And I don't know who has him in our fantasy league, but that guy's going to be a pro bowler. Dude, he is just a machine, isn't he? He is. He has become his go-to guy. Yeah. He has become uh, a, a Travis Kelsey type thing. I was going to say, I, the first guy I thought of when I saw him play now two weeks in a row was Ertz from, right. from Philly. Like, he's just big, strong. Gets to every ball. Whenever Jackson needs to throw it to somebody, he throws it to Andrews. Yep. And it's always for a first down. That kid's really athletic. He was mm-hmm. good at Oklahoma. Um, it was a steal. Um, he's much better than Hayden Hurst, who's the first-round pick they they drafted. I don't know why they don't trade him, but I digress. <laughs> anyway, he's uh, he he had, for through, through two games, he has 16 catches for 220 yards with so two touchdowns. Wow, that's awesome. Um better than any receiver I have on either of my teams. Continue. <laughs> and the third star they have is Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, who is Antonio Brown's first cousin. Had no idea, but they're actually first cousins. Maybe they should trade helmets or right. you know, share, share. End up in jail together. <laughs> he's for the first two through the first two games. He's got twelve catches for two thirty three and two touchdowns. Projected uh, eighteen hundred yards and multiple. <laughs> Touchdowns. He's not getting a lot of snaps either to get that kind of production. Well, here's the thing. They have a big three. Mm-hmm. Just like Pittsburgh used to have yep. Davion and, and Antonio and Ben, these guys have a big three who can line up at different areas and kill you from different uh, from different angles, different sides. And when Lamar is on, um, they are a, a really, really, really good offense. The problem is... There's one more really in there, but go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm going to get... This is the bad. 
I thought John Harbaugh was terrible on Sunday. Hmm. Now that's just me. Okay, you, else dude, that? you were there. You right. were watching. You know football. I trust you. Did he I, fake an ACL injury? <laughs> <laughs> he did not. He did not. <laughs> I thought they were. So what happened was, if I can remember correctly, now I was intoxicated. But <laughs> good for you. If I remember correctly, the Ravens uh, started strong. First quarter, they dominated, and they scored easily. And then they stopped them, and they got the ball back, and they were moving it. And mm-hmm. They had the ball. I think third and two on the 50, and they didn't get it. And instead of kicking it, they went for it and didn't get it. And <sighs> I thought that was too much arrogance. Yes. No respect for your opponent because the first two times, I believe the Cardinals had the ball, they didn't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. And I thought Harbaugh said, I don't care where they are, they're not going to move the ball. And it gave the Cardinals yep. the ball on the 50, they went down and got a field goal. Yep. But it gave them confidence. Exactly. You give them field position, you just, you've gifted them first downs right. that they couldn't get on their own. I thought the better play was to punt it, to pin them down, and make Kyler Murray start feeling some pressure. About I was going to say, that crowd is so great. You know they would have just pounced right on them. Oh, so you're, 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 that, uh, was where the, uh, that was where the game, I think, became blowout city to something that was tighter. Now, the Ravens never – I never felt like they were – in danger of losing, right? But Kyler Murray started to get some confidence. He didn't throw the ball down the field that much early, um, but when they started getting in a rhythm, mm-hmm. uh, he was able to hit. The second part that leads into my second part, the Ravens' DBs did not have a good day at all. No, they did not. Uh, they were fighting with each other in the second half. Nobody was talking. They were in communication problems. Larry Fitzgerald was running all over the field uncovered. Dude, that guy, real quick, everybody talks about Brady Brady being timeless, you know, and and, and everything. Fucking Fitzgerald, man. What? He's like a cyborg. I mean, he doesn't look any different now physically than he did 10 years ago. He's better. Yeah, he's incredible. (laughs) Incredible. But but you could see the frustration on the on the the back end which they need to clean gotcha up. gotcha um, now they had they have some injuries there so mm-hmm. um, they need to get those guys back but the third part was the offensive line especially the interior they sucked <laughs> I mean Mark Ingram could not find a place to run hmm. and remember when you know they they were the Redskins had RG3 and running RPOs the the running lanes were huge right and the line wasn't even that good I don't know why uh, the Ravens couldn't do it but I mean Mark Ingram only had 47 yards on 30, 13 carries, which I thought was low for what he was going to do. I was going to say. And they also yeah. had six penalties, including three holdings. So um, the offensive line really set them back in terms of uh, being able to blow it out. So that's stuff they need to improve on. Sure, sure. Well, it, it's good to hear a recap like that from someone that was there, and that just shows where this organization is. Uh, in in relation to the other organization that's local, but also where they are in that division, they are stable, and we are parsing things that they need to work on after they're two and zero. You know, right, right. and and you know that 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 is a good problem to have. And Harbaugh may not have had a great day. Um, I think he's the kind of guy that's going to look at that and he'll probably take some of the blame for that and go, you know what, you're 100 percent right. Well, they did not play their best game. And next week they got Kansas City, and they better step oh, it up because that's if Kansas City ends Kansas City, shit, that's dude, a tough game. That game could be that could be like fireworks on yeah, both when, sides. When is that game? Uh, next week, either next okay. Sunday, sometime. That's okay. got to be a prime time game. Four o'clock game, probably. Knowing the NFL, it's probably not. It's probably buried somewhere down. On the, well, they have like twelve games at one o'clock again. <laughs> 
repeat that. I'll look it up right now. So how was the atmosphere at at the stadium? It's always good. It's great, right? Yeah. I mean, I love that place. You know, here's my story pregame. Oh, let's hear it. So Holly and I were going down and uh, we had a driver, right? Because we knew we were going to drink. Absolutely brilliant move. And uh, so I invited my friends and I said, hey, why don't you go to the game with us? That that was my text. And she said, okay. So she was supposed to get... Uh, her and her friend were supposed to go, and we all know each other from the gym, so we were all going to go together. Nice. She shows up by herself and says, my friend couldn't make it. And then I started saying, uh-oh, because there's been a miscommunication because she wouldn't have come by herself unless she thought she was sitting with us, which I thought I said, get your own tickets and meet us at the game, or you know, go with us to the game, but you got your own tickets, right? So I knew right when she showed up by herself, I had fucked up. Uh-oh. So, so she literally showed up to the game with no tickets. No, she showed up to my house, and we all drove down together. <sighs> so right when we got in the car, I said, I messed up. Um, it's my fault. And so I went online and bought tickets in the same section, but not in the same row. Okay. So when I got there. You're, you're, you are a gentleman and a right. scholar for doing that, when by the I way. When I got there, Holly and, and, and Angie sat together, right? Um. So, so I did was, you sit with the I with your best floating. friends? <laughs> I was sort of floating, right? And no matter where the fuck I sat down, someone came five seconds later and was all disgruntled that I was in their seat. I was like, I know, ma'am, I'm in your seat. I'm just sitting here, relax. This is my seat. I said, I remember my first Ravens game too. It's pretty fucking <laughs> exciting. Relax, Jesus Christ. Nice neck tattoo. And so, so anyway, so I start, I'm drinking heavily. I'm becoming friends with all the people we're talking about the games, right? I go down to give Holly a water, and she is down there flirting her ass off with all these old guys down there. Ah, of course. And I walk in, and she looks at me, and I go, she goes, oh, hey, hi. Like, she doesn't even know me. Like, <laughs> and she's introducing herself to me. I like, hey, I'm, I'm Jerry. I'm your husband. <laughs> she was, what? Oh, hi. You know, it's the funniest fucking thing. Anyway, that was a long story short, but I was just sort of floating around. I didn't sit in my seat one time. I was talking to people. So you actually had a seat. In that section. In the section, but it was I was like a loner, and I I want to sit, on sit the there. Aisle. I want to sit on the aisle. Nah, I'm with you. I'm well, an this, aisle sitter. This is a short story, long, not a long story short, <laughs> but it's a good story, so I don't care. No, no, I'm with you though. I'm an aisle sitter. I don't mind getting up a hundred times during the game for some schlub to walk by me. I want to be on the fucking aisle. I'm, I want to be first in, first out to go to the pisser, to get a beer, to get the hell out of there, whatever the case may so be. I was just sitting yep. in random aisle seats, and I kept getting booted. Yeah. Well. So to answer your question, the stadium was good. It was loud. Everybody cheered appropriately. Yeah. Um, the pregame was like being in Morgantown with a bunch of rednecks <laughs> and blue collar people, and they're getting shit faced and sure. talking shit through that sure. one. It's my. It's those are your I people, enjoy. man. That's, that's what I enjoy. Oh hell yeah! Well, good for you guys. I'm glad you had a good day out. I'm glad you averted disaster <laughs> because when your friend showed up by herself, you must have been like. Oh, shit. Uh, I mean, I knew it, and it was just like five minutes of uncomfortableness and like how you didn't understand. God, that just made my week. I got to tell you, I could picture that whole scenario where you're like, oh, shit, I better get on StubHub right so we now. So StubHub <laughs> immediately and got a ticket, and that was it. Oh, shit. I guess the concern, it's, it's a much more minor thing. When I'm already on the way here, and Jerry asks, when are we doing the pod? I'm like, well. <laughs> I forgot what time. <laughs> So, you know, the, the, the love story of the Ravens, it continues. Um, I think that uh, based on the fact now that Big Ben is out in Pittsburgh, um, Cleveland, uh, they won last night, but God, was that awful. Something's not clicking. They right. don't look good at all. Um, and Cincinnati just is not. 
they're going to overachieve based on their talent level, but they're just not they very the good. Shit kicked out yeah, of Sunday. yeah, they're not great. I mean that that division. I know it's two weeks in, and I just said that the league is unpredictable, and it's week to week, and you're one injury away, and all that shit. But it really does line up to be the Ravens' division at this point. Yeah, well, I'm first of all glad you guys went. Glad you had a good time. It's it's always fun to to go out to M and T and see the Ravens kick somebody's ass. So, um, did the Redskins play? Oh God, I didn't, do we have to well, talk about that? They uh they 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 certainly showed up with uniforms on. <clears throat> True. I, all right, full disclosure. So I watched this game back in on, on my DVR quickly because I knew the result and I was following along during the day. Um, so I don't know how, uh, you know, crackerjack my uh, analysis is going to be. I was pleasantly surprised at the scoreline when I saw it, and that's how pathetic the Redskins are. I saw that we lost 31-21, and I went, Heh, sweet, we didn't get embarrassed. Um, and then I actually watched the game, and they're lucky that Dallas didn't hang 50 on them. Their defense, which we had touted as being... So the formula for this team, and Jay Gruden fucking said it himself, was we are going to be, we are going to be stout on defense. We are going to control the ball on offense if we can. You know, if we can. We've got a stable of running backs. We've a lot, got a lot of 17, 13 games, Larry. Yeah, I mean, he he flat out said in many press conferences during the preseason, this is who we are. We're going to have to grind it out. We're going to you know play these low-scoring games. And here they are giving up over 1,000 yards and over 60 points in two weeks. They look lost. They look dysfunctional. They've, there are plays where they don't even look like they give a shit. Which which is the you know the, the the part of it that I don't get. Like they're not upset when they give up fifteen yards on third and eleven. They're like, oh, all right. Uh, what's the next personnel group? Oh yeah, you go in, you go in. I mean, it's almost like they're just resigned to the fact that they're going to win three or four or five games and just kind of limp their way into the off season. That's got to be coaching, dude. It's fucking week two. How disheartening is that? Well, I, I think the big thing is, you know, that some of the media is saying that Jay's is waiting around to get fired. Wouldn't go that far, but I don't think he cares if he gets fired, that's for sure. I mean, he's going to get paid either way. Um, what you got, Jerry? Um, so, you know, they, it's it's coaching, but it's, you know, a lot of these players are veterans. They don't they shouldn't need that much coaching. The coaching should be reserved for the young guys, and they they can have problems, no big deal. Um, but, you know, I think the only positive really is that they ended up playing, you know, two very good teams the first two weeks. That's a good and point, actually. They didn't have their best games, no question about it. And the, I think the big thing that sticks out is they've, the big plays they've given up. And that's second week in a row they've had at least two 40-plus yard plays that just, I mean, even if you play okay, that just kills you. And the thing is, who would have expected that Keenum has been the team's best player? I mean, there's no I problem. I, I did not see yeah, that coming. No and problem with he's the quarterback. Been great. No, he's been, he's been just fine. And I, and yeah, right. he has been great. He's been fine. No, he's yeah. been just fine. He's been great for him, kind of. So week one, <laughs> week one, the stat was he had 380 yards, and we rushed for um, 28 yards as a team. This past week, he had 210 yards, and they rushed for 32 yards as a team. I mean, two weeks in a row. Two weeks combined, you have seventy yards rushing net. What the fuck? Well, I mean, it's, it's a it's, joke. Jerry's been saying all along, and he can pile on this point probably you know, more profoundly than I'll, I'll say it. But the O line just doesn't run block well, and so they you know no, they don't run block well. They run block like they're fucking blind. Or they don't run block at all, really. 
uh, kind of like Maryland on the goal line. But anyway, um, so you know, you, you you're kind of like, oh my god, you're looking back. It's like you can't believe you didn't have AP even dressed game one, you know. But then you know, ten carries for your number one running back. It was very similar in week two. When they do get a run, it, somebody held. So then th- that run didn't count, and it's first and 20. And so it's like a lot of it actually makes sense. It's pathetic, but it makes sense why they're not running the ball. And I don't know what you really do about it. What do you think, Jerry? <laughs> you know what? That's what I Gary take my blood said. pressure, man. All right. <laughs> I hope you did. <laughs> Size is about it. Let me say this. They're 0-2, and they should be 0-2. Mm-hmm. They're 0-2, and we all thought they would be 0-2. We right. did. No, you're right. They lost to better teams. Without so question. Dallas is good, as much as it pains me to say, and Philly's good, too. Mm-hmm. So those two are going to battle for the division lead, and they're both going to make the playoffs and make noise. So with that said, I'll say this. The fucking defense <laughs> is atrocious. It is that so bad. All we heard in the preseason from Josh Norman and you know all these players is this is a this is a Super Bowl caliber defense. This is a top ten defense. This is amazing. And in consecutive losses, they've given up more than thirty points a game, and they've given up more than four hundred yards per game. Four thirty six to Philly, four seventy five to Dallas. That's <laughs> so awful. On third down, right? The opponents are a, are converting a league worst sixty five percent of their opportunities. 65 fucking percent on third down. That is a staggering number. The Eagles went 11 for 17. <laughs> Dallas never punted kind of in the second half. For them. Yeah, Dallas never punted in the second half. Dak fucking Prescott had four incompletions the whole fucking game. All right? And why is that? Well, against Philly, they can't get off the fucking field on the rundowns. Philly averaged at four yards to carry. Dallas averaged six. This is your top ten front seven. How did we all sit here in the free preseason saying oh. their front seven is amazing? They Dude, might they be look, the best in the league. They look so scary. They, they blow. <laughs> Alas, they're they are not. Scary. <laughs> yeah, they're scary. All right. The defensive front has had two sacks all fucking year. All two right. sacks. Remind me when you're done. Right. They've allowed three passing touchdowns of at least fifty yards. What the fuck? Is that <laughs> it's bad? driving me crazy. Montez Sweat. Does he play? Ryan Kerrigan, does he fucking play? I understand John Allen's out. And that's what happens when you draft a guy who falls in the draft because he's always injured, right? And he comes and he gets injured, shockingly. Deron Payne is playing his ass off. He is. He's Where the fuck is Matt Ioannidis and all these guys who – I thought he was a bulldog. Right? You know what? He got paid, though. He got paid. You know? Right? Kerrigan, sweat doesn't do anything. Um, Kerrigan hasn't done anything. And the defensive backs are atrocious. They're just atrocious. They can't communicate. Josh Norman, it, Doc Walker said it the best, right? He looks like he's doing something different than everybody else. <laughs> he just looks like he's doing his own thing. Like, he's in zone when everybody's in man. He always thinks he has over-the-top help when he doesn't. Right? It's somebody's fault, right? But For the, the amount of time and resources that they, that they put into game planning in the preseason – uh, off-season, pre-season, uh, walkthroughs, game planning week to week, you should know at the NFL level exactly what the call is. It is not that difficult. Here's my theory. Against Philly and against Dallas, the defense started off okay. Like they they'll, did. They'll get some three and outs. They'll get a, they'll get a pick. They, they look good. The other team adjusts to what they're doing. 
And it seems like at that point, they figured the Redskins defense out. The defense doesn't adjust to those adjustments. And then they get trounced. That's why you see Philly scoring at almost every fucking possession in the second half. Dallas scoring on a five straight possessions. You know how hard it is to score on five straight possessions? I mean, that's just pathetic. And so, awful. and after the game, Jay Gruden is pissed. But he's not angry as he as he should be. He seems almost resigned to the fact that they can't stop anybody. And he says, we don't disguise things. We don't do this. We're not creative. We have to play better. But we're not making any coaching changes. Right. Right? So there's got to be something there. Either Minuski might be a great dude and maybe a good position coach when he doesn't have responsibility, and he can just deal with his linebackers. That's all he wants to do. Right. right? But when he's – Dialing up blitzes and coming up with game plans. Or and, not dialing up blitzes. Or not being able to adjust when people adjust to him. You got to go. Yep. Right? Which is probably why they wanted to fire him in the offseason while he was sitting at the table in the building. Right. Yeah, they, they brought up in, in the broadcast, you know, I think it was on the broadcast, two names, you know, that came in to interview, the Bowles and Williams. And, and Williams. And they didn't want the job. If they did, well, we wouldn't be talking about it. Right. <laughs> And I, su- I assume they kept him in the building and disrespected him like that because they wanted to keep him on as a position coach because he's got value there, but he's just overmatched as a coordinator. Sure. Which may be, sure. may be the case. But it's not all the defense's fucking fault because they're on the field the whole goddamn time. Of course they are. Right? Because listen to these whopping stats. <laughs> in two games, the Redskins have run for a combined 75 yards on 30, ca- 30 carries. That, that, that's a pretty good average. A terrible... <laughs> Average, a terrible stat for a team that has to control the ball. Yes. Right? On Sunday against the Cowboys, they ran 17 times for 47 yards. Well, that's actually incredible compared to week one. But anyway. What the fuck is Brandon Sheriff doing? I thought he was in the best shape of his life. That guy can't block for shit. And Morgan Moses, Jesus Christ, dude, <laughs> it's almost like you'd be better off playing without a right tackle because when he tries, he holds. It's the, he is, you, you weren't joking last week when you said he's going to lead the league in holding penalties. He, is he very well might. He's freaking atrocious at it. It's like ridiculous. And let me tell you this. Trent Williams wouldn't fucking help because he can't run block either. Mm-hmm. He's average at best run blocking. I don't know why they didn't trade him for Jadavion Clowney or somebody who they, had, who they could have gotten who could have helped the fucking pass rush. But you know what? Even if they didn't, we're building for the future. In the grand scheme of things, the Redskins should be 0-2, we, but, but I didn't expect this. I expected ugly losses that we're really playing hard, we're getting off the field, and you know it's grinding out, we just don't have enough on offense. Yeah. Case lose, Keenum yeah. can't do it. Lose that game 17-13, whatever. Right. Yeah, no, no, I, 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 you, but you nailed it. But if you would have told me Terry McLaurin would have the impact oh. he does, he's a stud. Dude, that guy's if good, man. If you told me Case Keenum throws the ball like he can. Okay. Sure. Without Jordan Reed, are yep. you shitting me? Yep. That those guys were we thought were the weaknesses. And Trey Quinn, healthy two weeks in a row, <laughs> amazing. Right. <laughs> so it's the way they're losing, which is so surprising because it, we were promised how great they were. It, it, it's the disheartening level of you can see the you can see the the play and all the acts in the play before they even happen, and there's nothing that you can do as a fan. To, to even remotely stop it. And you could look at the sideline, and the coaches know it too. They know exactly what's going, going to happen, and they're doing nothing to stop this it. This Sunday determines whether or not Jake Rudin makes it through week five or it's not. It's Monday. They actually play Monday well, this night. this Monday. Yeah, that's right? the only reason I disagree with that statement. Is it's, this, it's Sunday. this Monday. There'll be half Bears fans there, by the way, because on Monday Night Football. But this Monday will determine whether or not Jake Gruden, because if they lose to Chicago, 
they lose to North, to the Giants. I guarantee it because they they're just in a they're and if they fall to Chicago's offense is putrid. They Awful. Are terrible. Awful. Right, they have a good defense. They, they, they have a very good defense. But they have a terrible offense. And if, if Chicago scores 20 points, they're going to win. And that's that's Jay Gruden's curtains because everybody's going to lose everybody. So the atmosphere in that in that stadium is we've we've gone on and on. It is just god awful. Here it is Monday night. You just set the stage perfectly. Coach's pretty much future here is on the line. Um, you've got some veterans that are playing decent football that have some pride. You've got some young guys that are trying to make a name for themselves. If they are as dysfunctional on Monday as they have been at times in the first two weeks, I really don't know what to say. And I, I, are they even worth watching and analyzing at that point? Now, I don't want to go to that extreme, but my point is this. If you have deficiencies, every team has injuries. They have groups uh, offensively and defensively that they know are behind the curve a little bit and they make adjustments and they try and balance everything defensively speaking right now we are playing a very base vanilla defense and we're playing it poorly that's about as fucking low as you can go and our inability to go you know what just throw all the darts at the wall and go you're right our secondary is god awful no one can cover zone coverage is a joke we are going to find a way to get home one out of every six plays We've got to get somebody loose and in the backfield. Like Jeremy joked earlier, and he said, what blitz package? Yeah. We can't even blitz correctly. It's right. it's almost like, you know, you know they're trying, but it's it's almost like the coaches are too scared. I don't. I really don't know how to explain it because except for Allen, all the bodies are there up front. You know, th- there was one play, you know, pain bust through, Kerrigan and Sweat just buried Dak. Happened once. Once. How the hell do you not, you know, especially that third or fourth drive in a row where they scored, dial up something, anything, you know, bring, you know, bring Norman. Norman's one of the, you know, the best blitzers from the, you know, the back there is. Did, did he have one blitz? I don't think he's had a blitz. I don't think he's had a blitz in the last two seasons. He can jump over a bull, though. Exactly. <laughs> so let him jump over a lineman. Now, it's, it, 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 it's hard to watch, and, and you know, being a fan of the team for as long as I have, I'm going to continue to watch. I'll continue to you know, break it down and, and, and you know, root for them to do better, but it's, just, it, it's really hard when it, it's like something is in, has, you know, they threw a little dropper of poison in the water, and everybody drank the same water because no one seems to really give a shit. Do that aside, as a team, at least. You know, aside from a couple guys. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's really bad. Here's the best-case scenario, though, and it's realistic. It's not... Fantasy, they can win the next two games. Yes. They absolutely, absolutely can. They can beat Chicago, especially if Jordan Reed comes back. Because if you have him and you have McLaren and you have Trey Quinn, who's not terrible, um, <laughs> you have some guys who can catch the ball. He would thank you for the compliment. And maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe that then opens up some running lanes for Peterson, which. The Jay Gruden comments about Peterson continue to baffle me. I don't. Pam Oliver reported. Why does he hate? Yeah, he well, reported that, that he wanted him. He wanted him cut. He wanted him traded. He didn't want to bring him back. It's crazy. I, I think there's. I I hate the media anyway, so I'm completely biased. And no, we're not becoming. He hates referees more, but continue. I definitely hate referees more. <laughs> but you know, Oliver, I don't. What is she talking about? Because they interviewed him. You know, right at, you know, the next day. He's like, well, I don't, we don't like his running style. No, he's like, he's got the perfect running style. I want north south. So I think, I think somebody's full of shit, 
And usually it is Jay, but this time it's it's the media. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And maybe not, I but the fact right. that he the, the fact that he was like a healthy scratch yeah. in week one well, with, like, yeah. with zero justification. A, a lot, well, no, I think there was tons of justification. Oh, nobody, bullshit. Nobody, no, they did the exact same thing all of last season. The entire last season, three running backs. P. Ryan, that was the role. And look how great had. they were. I'm not saying they were good, <laughs> but I'm saying it's like there's no difference. The only difference is it happened to be Adrian Peterson. Ah, That's fuck the that. only difference. There's no difference whatsoever. There's no way you play Wendell Smallwood over Adrian Peterson. How yeah. is he more valuable? Well, How is he more valuable? Well, he's not because we, we don't think so. He had 19 special team snaps. He did, they did exactly did what he Did he do Jay, anything on him? Well, I mean, Geist didn't do shit either. Right. So <laughs> wouldn't it be nice to have him? See, I mean, the way I envisioned is the way New Orleans does it. Right? The they, have, carries? they have okay, two. each get five well, they, carries. Great. Well, <laughs> going into the season, the thought was is that they, they each were going to yeah. get 10 that was my. I was like, carries, my and you, you're going to have batty Rams. Right you're going to have battering Rams, right? And you're we're going to wear defense down, mm-hmm. and you're just going to have a fresh back to crush it. Sure, that's the thought. That's what seems to make the most sense to me. The problem is, is either one they don't have the linemen to do it, or two the system isn't conducive to doing it. I don't know what it. I don't know what the it's answer is. One or both of those things. Absolutely, these linemen cannot be this bad. They they can't be. It can't be this bad. It has to be schematic. It has to be something to that effect. Well, they have zero identity as a team. Exactly. They have zero identity from the ownership down to the personnel department, down to the coaching staff, and down to the players. What are they? They're just a generic, vanilla, bullshit, 500 team when everything's going good. The worst thing that can happen is the owner gets involved. Is the owner gets involved now. Right. Stay the fuck away. Let your coaches figure it out. If you got to fire them, fire them, but don't come in there. But whatever you do, if we call, you should get on this podcast. If you're Dan Snyder, we would love to have you on this podcast. I I will allow Dan Snyder to do one thing. You can fire Bruce Allen. Yes. That he he can do. And with that, I think we should probably cheers. Here is why. One more point before we go. Mm -hmm. Here is why. No coaches will work for Dan Snyder <laughs> because he backed RG3 over Shanahan, and that yep. was fucking it. Yep. That's why nobody will work for him. You're exactly right. And I wouldn't either if I had any set of sort of credibility or other options. Right. I'll, I'll take the money. <laughs> well, if you can get the money from somewhere else. There will be somebody out there that takes the money, but he's probably not going to have his heart in the right place. And, you know, again, without an identity, without just owning what you do and how you do it, you cannot be successful. With that said, Redskins are going to be two and two, (laughs) and Maryland beats Penn State. Let's go, baby. God, I would love to see that happen. Uh, so hopefully next week we will have a more positive uh, recap to the NFL as, as it pertains to the Redskins. I'm not, I'm not thinking that's going to happen. I'm hopeful, but realistically well, speaking. Give me a prediction, Jeremy. For the Monday skins? night. Wow. I, I'm going to go Skins 20, Bears 13. I'm going to go Redskins 21-17. I'm going to go Bears 17, Skins 15. How they get to 15, I have no fucking idea. I have no idea. <laughs> but they'll get there somehow. <laughs> so with that said, let's hope uh, – Let's hope. if you've listened before, you know we have no idea what we're talking about. Absolutely not. predictions. So none of those are going to come true. But in any event, please listen to us next week. And I uh, hope you enjoyed. And we will see you on the flip side. Wings, beers, and tears. Give us a follow. Peace. See you.
Lisa.